The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big. Win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WYNNBet.com to get started today. We're also brought to you by Sleeper. You already play fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold, hard cash in their new over-under game. Head over to Sleeper.com SGP on your phone and join the SGPN group. And Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100 at sleeper.com slash SGP. And yes, make sure to download us, the SGPN app. You're home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Yes! Sir? Because, boy, Oh, holy cannoli. Holy cannoli, man. Oh, my gosh. I just have to tell you, whether you like me, whether you hate me, we at this podcast are really good. We are really fucking good at this. Like, I just have to tell you, we are really good. Three people, three people told you to bet. Warriors and six. Three people told you to bet. Steph Curry, MVP. Come on. The Warriors and six was plus 500, plus 550. It's in. <laughs> oh, boy. Let me, let me finish rolling up this Boston Green pack because I'm finna like this. We're, I, I don't care. I'm finna, I'm finna use my winnings to pay the hotel smoking bill that I'm in right now. And I don't care because this Boston Green pack going up right now. Look, we told you to even bet the exact results of the game. And we said to bet Golden State to win four, five, and six. That was 12 to one. Holy, holy cannoli, man. This is, I'm just rolling in dough right now. And it's, I, I'm getting money. My co-host that I'm about to bring on the pod right now is getting money because he hit an insane parlay that he won off of a free bet. I just, I don't, <laughs> I mean, all right, come on. Humbly, humbly speaking, like I say this as humbly as possible. And I'm going to give it to you. This is just like Draymond. You're going to get this podcast because the game just ended and we recording this. We're going to make sure you get this podcast. Don't matter. And words of a man's the four-time NBA champ Draymond Green. Humbly, just speaking, I just don't know. Why would you go anywhere else for your NBA action? Why? Why would you go anywhere else? You get it all. You get it all here. We have multiple hosts. Great hosts. You get it all here. Whew. We. All right. Let me introduce my co-host on the show for today's episode. You guys know him. This is my guy, Scott Studio Rochelle. Scott, what's going on? I don't really know where to start because we hit everything. So I got to figure out what order to go in. <laughs> I mean, but... I'm, I'm just lost. At a wor- I'm literally bags of dough in my hand right now. I'm pretty sure all four of us, including Sean and Ryan, went undefeated on the lock and dog segment so we yep. absolutely crushed that you said warriors and six and curry mvp i was one of the three people that had that along with you and munaf besides that you mentioned the parlay uh had a 125 dollar free bet which i turned into five thousand four hundred and 
$59.09. So usually, as a lot of you know, I'm pretty humble on this show. I don't like to get greedy. Fuck all that. We made some money tonight. Let's Hell yes. yes. Let's go. Fuck on it. <laughs> Let's go. There's really not much more to add. Ended, uh-huh. ended the season dropping the mic. We didn't even drop it. We gronk spiked it on the floor. And that I don't know how to really go from there. I mean, you sweep game six. We called the series right. I had a parlay of 43 to one on a free bet. Yeah, just good shit all around. That's all I got to say. Man. Well, I don't know about y'all, but I'm taking my winnings down to WinBet to bet their $50 to win $200 promotion where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. And if you bet $500 on sports or casino before July 31st, 2022, you can be entered to win the ultimate fantasy football draft experience. Guys, this is absolutely crazy. You get to go down to win resorts for a two-night stay for you and your entire league and bet and, and have your draft experience at Encore Beach Club, plus multiple entries allowed. So you, if you bet $1,000 on sports, then you get two entries. Plus, you can also bet $100 on NBA or casino and be entered to a prize to attend DJ Diesel's performance. If you didn't know that, Shaq, shame on you. You sound like Malcolm Bomford, but... It's okay, because now you know it's Shaq. And you can have a chance to have a meet and greet with him as well. Plus, they're offering $100. If you bet $100 by Thursday through Sunday of the U.S. Open, then you can earn an entry into a prize drawing where a winner and a guest, so you and a guest, will get a complimentary round of golf at Wynn Golf Club and a two-night stay at Wynn Las Vegas so, hey, if any of our listeners win any of this cool stuff, please let us know. We definitely want to show you love, and we definitely want you know to take pictures and post you, and congratulations. So please let us know if you win this stuff. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to get started today. Offer subject change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-422-522-4700. And Sleeper is the fastest fantasy growing platform today with millions and millions of players around the world. Plus, you can now play their new over-under game. Super simple. Bet over or under in their props. You can either, you know, take two out of three or four out of four, three out of four or whatever it is. Or you can go all in like I went all in tonight. Unfortunately, I hit on Kevon Looney rebounds. I hit on Jayla Brown rebounds. And then game says Clay didn't get there this time. And, you know, it's okay because we made a lot of money elsewhere. But if you had not went all in, you would have won some money there. So you can either go for, you know, win a little chunk of change or go all in and try to hit the big dog. Plus, the main reason I'm excited about the overordinary game is that they have a chat feature and you can join our SGPN chat and talk smack with us while we put our bets in and you can put yours in and we can tell each other, we can copy each other, we can do whatever. So stop what you're doing, download the Sleeper app now or and play their new over-under game. That's sleeper.com slash SGPNBA for that 
100% deposit match up to $100 and to join our SGPN group, sleeper.com slash SGMB, SGPNBA. I'm sorry, that's sleeper.com slash SGPNBA. Terms and conditions apply to sleepers. Terms are used for details. Plus, man, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know why it says gentlemen here. Why did that? They need to fix that. Ladies and gentlemen, Father's Day is around the corner. Champagne for everyone. Yeah. You know, and I'm, look, I'm off the tequila. I'm off the Casamigos because we done went up and won a lot. And so, what was I talking about? We just got distracted in the middle of a library. We well, you, said gentle, you said gentlemen, we're so you were going to make a segue, I'm assuming, to Manscaped. Yes, I was going to make a segue to Manscaped. We, we're just, oh, my gosh. We really hit all that money. Yep. We really hit for all that money. And you know what I'm going to do with it? I'm going to go down to Manscaped because Father's Day is around the corner. And look, some people might want to make their dads look daddy-ish. I just want to make my dad look good. I don't have to use the term daddy-ish. If I use the term in front of my daddy-ish, he probably, if, if I use the term in front of my daddy-ish, if I use the term daddy-ish in front of my daddy, he'd probably slap me silly. I just want him to look good. And so get him the performance package for, which includes their signature lawnmower 4.0, is the perfect bundle to tackle any and all old man hair from head to toe. This right here is no dad joke treat him and yourself and join the four million men worldwide with this exclusive offer get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code sgp at manscape.com trust me his dad bod will thank you i hope my dad's bod doesn't thank me and i hope he just gives me a handshake or a dap and says appreciate his son when i get him this manscape package 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code sgp at manscape.com that's 20 percent off and free shipping at manscape.com Use code SGP. All right, Scott. I guess we owe the people less touting and a little bit more of a series breakdown of what happened in this series. Are you doing the I told you so breakdown before we get into the actual X's and O's? I mean, I feel like I've said I told you so for like six games now. (laughs) I wasn't sure if you wanted a Boston rant before we got got into the actual game breakdown or not. I mean, I I did say that it would be the most Boston thing for them to make the finals and then, you know, blow it. But two one lead. But yeah, it was a two one lead. That matter of fact, like that game, that first game, getting that game on the road at Golden State, that was really setting you up for it. But yeah. I mean, it's what we talked about, the whole playoffs. And you tweeted out earlier, so shouts out to you. Six and six straight up for the like you ended your playoff run. A trip to the finals bless you for even making it to the finals so congratulations boston right there for making it that far because you were six and six at home straight up for the duration of the playoffs that's tough and a and a playoffs where you swept the team a td garden too <laughs> yeah td garden like that's but <laughs> in a playoffs where you actually swept a team so that means you started your playoff run 2-0. and And then over the course of three series, you went 4-6 and six at home? Yeah. That's terrible, man. That is bad. That is bad. And the fans are loyal. And that's what I really like about basketball fans because you'll never see – well, maybe for like the lesser teams, but even – but no, well, no. 
it has to be like a small market team, I would say, that you would see them turn on the franchise. But these large market teams like the Knicks, Knicks fans never turn on the Knicks. No matter how bad the Knicks are, true Knicks fans never turn on the Knicks. Boston fans will never tur- turn on Boston. And you should really, really be more disappointed at the fact that after sweeping the Nets, they went four and six at home. That's really, like, that's really, really sad. I'm not even going to hold you. So I'm, I'm going to toss it over to you, Scott. Everybody knows my feelings about Boston. I've said that I don't trust this Boston team, and I've faded Boston over the course of the year. I'm very impressed that they actually got it this far. So I, and I don't think that they're a bad team. They just never work out when I actually decide to put money in my account to bet for Boston so I don't bet on them. But, Scott, take it over. What's your actual series recap other than Boston is just really bad at home over the course of these playoffs? Well, I feel like we discussed how Boston potentially ran out of adjustments on the mothership pod going Mm -hmm. into game six. And I went on a pretty decent rant talking about how Boston offensively just gave the ball to Tatum all the time, had the other four guys stand around in a circle and say, do something. And they had no plan B. And Boston did not have many great ball handlers, which is something that was noticeable. We know Jalen Brown was a turnover machine against Miami, dealing with Oladipo. We figured Gary Payton II would give him problems. Tatum set the all-time record for most turnovers in a playoffs. So that's definitely not a good record to have. Marcus Smart also turned the ball over a bunch in the series. Horford was good in game one and game six, did nothing in between. And Robert Williams was solid, but unfortunately he was still injured and he kind of had to limit the minutes because of it. But, and that's not even mentioning Derek White, who was awful after game one, and Pritchard, who was completely useless the entire series. So Boston didn't really have many options when it came to ball handlers and really just quality shot getters and makers in this series. But it really goes back to what I said on the Mothership pod, and I'm going to repeat a lot of it because... We got everything right on the pod. So everything that I said was proven again in game six. Udoka made no adjustments offensively for the final three games of the series. And of course, it hurts when your players aren't making shots and they're also not comfortable dribbling the basketball while facing a decent amount of half-court on-ball pressure. But we said early on in the series, Boston's best game was game three, and realistically, the first half of Game 4. They played about a game and a half of borderline flawless basketball, and the main reason why, they played up-tempo. And after that first half in Game 4, they decided to pull the speed back on the car from about 85 to 25, and they played the rest of the game in the half court. And it killed them. It absolutely killed them. Whenever they were voluntarily going into the half court, they got absolutely exposed offensively. So you can talk about how Boston collapsed because the roster had some issues or because the coaching wasn't very good in the series. I think Udoka proved me wrong. I didn't think the Celtics would be very good this this season. I thought they'd be a four seed losing the second round or something. Udoka, I think, is an okay coach. I thought he had a brutal NBA Finals. The roster didn't help him, but it seemed like Boston offensively just kept trying to drive into a brick wall instead of making any adjustments whatsoever. Mm. Defensively, they tried to switch things up. Offensively, it didn't look like they did the same thing for about six games, and they really didn't change at all. I know that's what what got them there, 
But at some point, you got to realize it's not working. You got to switch some things up. I agree with that, but I just think that they. I, I agree with that, but I saw it from a different perspective. I think they just kept playing from the outside too much. They kept settling for jump shots the entire series. And in games one and two, that shit worked. But, well, in games one and two, one and one and one and a half, that worked. But and in game three, it really worked. But it didn't work for the over the course of a six-game series. They couldn't keep making those jump shots consistently. And they weren't playing through the bigs. They weren't playing in the paint enough. They weren't getting to the hole. Whether Tatum was hurt or not, he was not finishing at the rim. And at the end of the day, if I feel him, I understand. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm low-key kind of waiting for this, I'm assuming he's in a <laughs> this press conference. I'm low-key waiting for this press conference because I don't remember who I was with. I think I was with Sean and Ryan. I was with somebody, and they said if they lose game six, Tatum's going to show up in a press conference in a sling and talk about how messed up his shoulder was. But I'm assuming he's going to have surgery or something on it. I would I would think that he has some type of procedure on it. but Of course, you know, it's even, the NBA. It's still, you, but it's you've not played just 100 that. games. Everyone's it's not injured just that. at this point. It's not just that. Jalen Brown couldn't get to the room. They had issues getting in points in the paint. They struggled and were inconsistent points in the paint over the course of the series. And I said, this is what you need to do. You can't keep settling for jump shots because the Golden State is a much better jump shooting team than you. And that's gonna, that's not going to go in your favor. It's not because they're going to get good looks at the basket and they're going to convert. And then you're going to go and you're going to get good looks and not convert because you don't need to be taking all these useless jump shots. So I think they just took way too many jump shots in this series. I think that the focus and should have been the entire time using your size in the paint to get the better of Golden State and get some easy baskets around the rim, beating them in transition off of your turnovers, and then allowing Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to work in ISO as they already do. So, you know, it is what it is. It's over. I still think that Boston had a great season. They really did. And don't let my dislike of betting Boston. And it's really not even a dislike of Boston, even though their fans are starting to piss me off. You guys really are. I love y'all, but I hate y'all. I just feel like people were gaslighting them the entire season. Yeah. And it, that second half run was impressive. That yeah. second, that like after that that run in the second half of the season is probably one of the best runs in the second half of the season I've ever seen. Combined <laughs> with the sweep of the Nets. Yeah, yeah, combined. Yeah, that's like what? Well, yeah, even before the sweep of the Nets, like that's that second half run to finish. Probably like that they was were peak, under five hundred. Peak, peak gaslighting under five hundred going into twenty twenty. Under five hundred, and they finished as the two seed. You mean twenty twenty two? Yeah, twenty twenty two. You're right, but. It was so it was very good, and the fact that they got to the finals, I didn't think they were going to make it there. I didn't think they were getting out of the second round, <laughs> and so congrats to them on that. It was a very good job. I just you know don't bet them, don't bet them. <laughs> well, but, I I feel like the one thing I do want to ask now: Do you want to do more breakdowns on the finals itself, or potentially talk about what Boston needs to do to improve moving forward? Because even really though they made it to the finals. They got quite fortunate Middleton missed the entire series. I think we can all agree that with Milwaukee taking them to seven anyway, with Middleton, they probably beat the Celtics in six. Well, we can talk about that a little bit more after we talk about Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplement. This stuff is a delicious scoop of 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, or soup foods, probiotics, aptogens to help start your day off right. 
your nervous it supports your nervous system immune system energy recovery aging and it costs less than three dollars a day it's, it, they support better quality sleep and have over seven thousand five star reviews make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one year supply of their immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs to go with your first purchase. All you have to do is a visit athleticgreens.com slash SGP. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash SGP. Take over your health and pick up the, the ultimate nutritional, daily nutritional insurance. Man, skill is speaking to me, but health is well, people. Remember, health is well. All right. And IP Vanish, brought to you by IP Vanish. Premier VPN, I use it all the time. I t- always tell you guys, look, if you want to browse the internet safely, use IP Vanish, private details, passwords, communications, all that stuff is completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. And you can use it on unlimited devices like your computer, tablet, phones, even your Fire Stick to protect what you're streaming. And they're offering you a comparable 70% off on their yearly plan with the 30-day money-back guarantee. So super easy to use. Just tap a button. Go to ipvanish.com. So SGP and use promo code SGP to claim your 70% off savings. That's IPVA. NISH.com slash SGP. By the way, congrats to the MetLife Stadium for being a host site for the 2026 FIFA World Cup. Scott, are we going to the 2026 FIFA World Cup? I feel obligated to. I'm in. Yes. All right. So you will see us in 2026, and we will be at MetLife as one of the host cities for the World Cup. That's in. Wait, wait, pause. Before I agree to that, that's in the summertime, right? Like, I believe be so. Yes. I'm pre- it's, supposed to be, in- it's supposed to be summertime or so, but then they had to move it later this year because oh, of because Qatar. It, yeah. So it's like 120 degrees. They had to move it later, but it's usually in the summer. Okay. Okay. So just I'm going to just go ahead and quantify that. As long as it's in the summer and it's warm, then I will be there. But if it's cold, I promise you, really, really will not be there. I will be in Atlanta at the one in a dome, fuck what Kobe says. <laughs> I'm be in Atlanta at the one in a dome where it's freaking warm. So just, but I'm pretty sure it's in the summertime. So we'll 2018 was June 14th through July 15th. Oh yeah, we'll definitely be there. All right, me and Scott going to be at MetLife Stadium to see the 2026 FIFA World Cup. Well, guys, enough of the soccer gambling podcast. We're going to get back to the NBA gambling podcast here. All right, so. What does Boston need to do going forward? By the way, I sorry, mean, I know I know I brought it up before I forget. Shout out to Draymond. He had a great game six. Oh, it was yeah, he did. So he, before we get to Boston, good. I do want to give him his flowers. Draymond yep. answered the bell. He was very good tonight. Yes, he was. He was. I was pulling for the Draymond triple double. I really was. And so I mean, I don't like to their bench is just bad, man. That they they got to fortify that bench, and Marcus Smart is doing a good job at their as at their point guard position. Yeah, he can't he can't be a starting point I guard think, in the NBA. I th- I don't think he can't. I wouldn't for say a tight for a title team. I don't think he's a no, big enough fa- natural facilitator offensively to carry you to where you want to go. In my no, opinion. I don't agree with that. I so I'll say this. I think Marcus Smart can be the point guard, but they have to reshuffle that reshuffle that lineup because they can't have Marcus Smart as the point guard and then Jalen Brown as the two because Jalen Brown's a wing. And so if you're going to have two wings, then let those guys be two wings and you're going to need another backcourt duo of guards. So 
if you're so, not if you're gonna if you're gonna hand the keys to Marcus Smart at, at the point guard position, that's fine. But you need to get a very capable two guard that preferably can play two ways, but is also a lethal shooter at three. Okay, so my my question there: Are you suggesting that Tatum should move to the power forward? Are you saying that Smart and Jalen Brown cannot? Coexist? I'm perfectly fine playing. I'm perfectly fine playing a smaller lineup where, first of all, that I don't believe in point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center. That lineup. I think you need a small yeah. forward playing power forward in today's NBA. In my opinion, I w- but that's so. That's what I'm getting at, though. Yeah, that's. I'm not saying it's positionless basketball, but there is different names for it. And if anybody, if you haven't read it or you don't know about it, go check out Rashad Phillips' uh, Positionless Dictionary. And he defines all the new ways to define these positions instead of just sitting here and saying, this guy's a point guard, this guy's a shooting guard, this guy's a small forward. Like He talks about the combo guards. He talks about the hybrids. He talks about the point centers. He talks about everything, and he breaks it all down into what the positions actually look like it's a really really good read and i encourage everybody to go read it if you're an nba fan but they should if you're going to have the two wings in Jalen brown and jason tatum that is fine marcus smart can be the point guard of a lineup like that he just can't be the point guard and jason and Jalen brown is the two Jalen brown has to move down in that position and you need to get somebody else in that backcourt next to Marcus Smart who can handle the ball at times when he's not handling, who is able to hit the three shot and can get back in transition and play capable defense. So you're trading Horford? I don't think he's... You got to move, you gotta move people down I wouldn't, spot. I wouldn't say he's necessary. I wouldn't say... I mean, he can come off the bench. He is somebody that can come off the bench. I think I Horford's getting paid too much to come off the bench, but that's kind of my point. I do uh, agree I mean, that I think you could move everybody down one Williams guaranteed five. No discussion. He's one of the best centers in the league. You're keeping him. Tatum's your guy, whether you like him or not. He's going to be your main piece. And Brown's going to be the second piece, which leaves two potential expendable guys in your starting lineup. You have Marcus Smart and Al Horford. Now, Horford had a big contract, which the Celtics took. I don't think they expected think it to be relative. this good. Relative. But I, I don't think Horford gives you enough offensively on a regular basis, which seemed to be the story. And we even saw it in game six. Horford had a couple of solid outside shots, and he was aggressive. But there were a couple of possessions where Curry and Poole were on him. And Horford's not even looking at the basket. I feel like if you want to talk about what Boston needs to do, in my personal opinion, I'm going to be a bit radical here. I think they need to trade either Al Horford or Marcus Smart. I don't think all of them can coexist with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown in my personal opinion. Smart, I think, is the more interesting piece to potentially trade because he's kind of your defensive identity. I know he flops a lot, but he just won Defensive Player of the Year. I was about to say you're really trading Defensive Player of the Year. That's what I'm saying. But the point is, if you want to talk about who Boston's more likely to trade... You're not trading... You can't trade... So that's my thing. I understand, you know, more likely... But it's the fact is you're not trading Marcus Smart, who just won Defensive Player of the Year. That's he's been rumored in years and, past. That's why I brought it up. Yeah, but you're not trading him now. He just won an award. He's, you're not trading him. Unless like, you're it, arguing it his value is at the highest it's we, been in several we talked years. About, we, we talked about you know, narratives and stuff like that. At the end of the day, he just won Defensive Player of the Year. You're not moving on from him this season. 
maybe a maybe a year of removed, right? But you're not moving on from this season. And there's no market for Al Horford. You move Al move Al Horford. He's making like at at this point, his contract was large when he signed it, but now with the cap going up, he's making twenty seven million dollars. Like so I actually they, think there's a big market for Horford because he's an expiring. I don't think it's. I don't think it's. You can flip him in a second. He's an expiring contract, one year left. I think that if you wanted to do what I think they should do, we agree, is to move Tatum down to the four. You potentially move Jalen Brown to the three. Then I think you have to trade Horford. You're not going to bring bring in a guy who's what getting are you paid. Bringing in you're the point bringing, is you're, nobody. You're not. You're not getting any capital for trading an expiring contract. I'm just trying. Once again, if we're talking about how Boston can best to run it back to a potential finals berth or what's going to accomplish the most long-term success for this team. Horford was a very valuable piece against Giannis defensively in that series. But Mm -hmm. if you look at the Miami series and if you look at the finals, besides game one and game six, did Horford really do anything? He did what he, he, he did what he is expected to do. I will say. Okay, so, but you're, we're talking so about Boston's offensive issues. But I'm saying the expectations became larger for Al Horford because of what he did in the Bucs series. I had big expectations for him. Yeah. So I know because what we saw in the Bucs series, we knew he could do it. And so his expectations was larger. But if we go back to when Al Horford got traded to this team, we said, oh, this is going to be good. He's going to be just the little bit enough they need to help them move it along. And I don't think that has changed at all. He can still be the good little bit enough that he contributes that will make an impact to that team. He just needs to come off the bench doing it, and they need to bring another guard in. He makes an impact, but my point is, I believe if Horford is in your starting lineup, especially with Robert Williams, your offense is drastically capped. Yes. And that's, that's a serious problem. Yes, that's why I said he comes off the bench. I'm just saying, he's getting paid $27 million. I'm not sure if Boston's going to be willing to do that. I mentioned the idea of flipping him. If we're talking about, if we're talking about markets, mm -hmm. I do think Horford's available because of the expiring. So I'll go ahead and say this because I've talked to some, some, um, especially I'm at this networking event and I got a chance to talk to like people around the league and stuff like that. They do not care what your contract is. If you, if they need you to come off the bench, you're going to come off the bench. They already paid you. I think Horford's a team guy anyway. I think he would be okay with it. No, I'm not. But it's not even Al Horford. It's the team. So how you how you said it is like. They're, they make, they're paying him $26 million. They're not going to have him come off the bench. Yes, they're perfectly fine paying him $26 million to come off the bench because they ultimately they know he's still an asset to the team. They traded for him for a reason because this isn't like they paid him this money. He didn't produce. They traded for him on this contract because they, need, they knew they need to bring him back in and to help supplement for, of course, the amount of time that we know Robert Williams is going to miss, and he didn't make it any better playing on that knee that he probably shouldn't have been playing for at all. So... He comes in, that's your backup. He's a great backup center right now. He's yeah. still able to contribute for you at a decent level as a backup center, and you use him as a backup, bring him off the bench, I don't care what he's paying for, and go out there if you can and get you another guard, whether it's somebody that can play the two or somebody that can dominate the ball handling and Marcus Smart play the two, but you need another guard in there. And one, If they get another guard and you push that Mark, uh, Al Horford to the bench – and then you bring back Derek White. You still got Grant Williams with another year. 
and then you fortify and maybe get you another veteran coming off that bench. Let's assume hypothetically they go for an Eric Gordon or a Terrence Ross. That needs to be somebody that comes off. That, that, I would, that would not be their starter. So I No, of course I not, but we're going yeah. to the active bench. But that's, you said but yeah, shooter, that's add the guy that you're to talking the about. Yes, yeah, so add that to the bench, and you have that bench of Horford, White, Williams, and some type of vet uh, scorer like a Terrence Ross yeah. or like a – or like a Eric uh, Gordon, Gordon or whatever, or even yeah. a Gary Harris, who's also in Orlando. Yeah, that's an option. Very good, very good. That is how you solidify. You can't go through this season. I don't care what you did in the second half of the season. You can't go through the season and have one of the worst benches in the NBA and think that you're. You can make it to the NBA Finals, but that chose that ended up being one of the deciding factors because they couldn't get any extra scoring outside of their scores. I mean, their starters. So when the starters weren't going, nobody was coming up and stepping up and supplementing it. Yeah, that, that, I do agree with that. Now, it seems like we agree on the same general premise. We just yep. have different ideas on how to accomplish that feat. We think that Horford and Williams cannot start together. Yes, they they. That's Horford the main Williams, thing we agree on. Horford and Williams and we cannot split. start together, and they have they need Jalen Brown should not be the two. He should not. That should not be a backcourt. Jalen Brown and and I don't even I don't consider it a backcourt. In my eyes, the backcourt of the Boston Celtics is Marcus Smart. That is the backcourt. They don't have anything anybody else in that backcourt because Jalen Brown is a wing and he yeah. needs to stay at a wing. That's also where we disagree because I just don't think Marcus Smart is a solid fit with Tatum and Hor- and uh, Brown. But assuming they don't get rid of both Horford and Smart, we do at least agree that their front court need some reshuffling. Yeah, I would I would definitely just look into and Al Horford didn't start the entire season at at, at all. He actually came off the bench um early part when he came back. And I think that's probably part of where some of their really good basketball was playing, but I'm interested to see what they do going forward. It's going to be high expectations of Ime to get back to the NBA Finals because he got there in his first year with this group. That's also and a takeaway. I just need yeah. everybody to remember because Milwaukee and Phoenix reminded you, Golden State and LeBron fooled you to thinking that is fucking easy to get to the NBA Finals. Like, I just need everybody to remember that. And the recency bias and the fact that a lot of especially people that haven't seen stuff how they were like a lot in the past, but it's really fucking hard to get to the NBA finals. People like I'm speaking so seriously right now. It's really fucking hard to get to the NBA finals. So that should elevate what you've seen this warriors dynasty, what you've seen LeBron do because the fact that they were able to get there so many times, but that shit's not easy. So yes, Boston had a great season, it is not the fucking end of the world if Boston doesn't get back to the NBA Finals. And so let's not treat the team like it. Don't be calling for them to blow it all up if they don't get back next year. Don't be calling for Emei's job if they don't get back next year because that shit is fucking hard. I agree with that point. Now, it is going to segue me into my somewhat pessimistic outlook on the Celtics moving forward. It's a great start. Now, they don't have Danny Ainge anymore, and we know Ainge was extremely annoying when it came to holding on to draft picks 
instead of making the necessary blockbuster deal. I feel like everyone looking back on it thought the Celtics should have traded for Anthony Davis, and he never did. And I feel like one thing that I'm afraid Boston's going to do with Brad Stevens in charge is try to run it back entirely and say, we got this close if Robert Williams was fully healthy, if Tatum didn't have the shoulder issue, maybe we would have been good enough to get all the way atop the mountain. And I'm telling you right now, I don't think they're good enough. I think they need to make a move or two. And until they make that move or two, I don't think they're getting back. Is that a fair statement? I mean, I ain't think they was getting back. I don't think they're getting back no matter what. They I don't. Do. I mean, once again, of <laughs> I course don't think they, they're getting back no matter what. You, they you do, said how yeah. difficult it is for to make it to the finals, and that is true. LeBron, especially for making it basically an entire decade straight. But we saw Milwaukee win. It was basically it Milwaukee won last year after the Nets got injured, and you know they had a lot of stuff go their way. The Celtics this year got a break with Middleton being injured. Some luck's required. But assuming that everyone was at full strength, Boston's clearly not the best team in the East, right? I mean, I got to assume it's Milwaukee. At full strength, assuming you turn the injury sliders off in your dynasty mode. Hmm. I think Milwaukee's probably the best team in the East. Hmm. You're thinking Miami? I was debating Miami. But, but okay, either way. Let's say that slider, when you said turn the injury sliders off, I was let's like, say it's one A one B. Let's say that it's Milwaukee and Miami. We basically Miami just agreed that Boston's the third best team in the East, best case scenario, when healthy. Yeah. So based on that, unless you're going to be relying on injuries again, then you kind of have to make a move. That's my point. Do you think I, they do it? Oh. Uh, They've been I mean, they've been complacent. I'm curious. I'm curious, I'm curious to see if they, if they can do it without moving any of the core. And I don't agree with you all with you at all. Marcus Smart needs to stay on his team, and there will be they will drastically regret trading Marcus Smart if they do. If they can keep the core of Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, and really honestly not move anybody from that team and just bring somebody in, then sure. But if it costs too much capital, then I think that, you know, you're sending yourself down a dark path. And so I guess it'd be interesting to see what, if anything, they do. Because they could honestly say, hey, forget it. We'll just run it back. And we've yeah. seen people do it before. And they've been – we've seen the, uh, the Phoenix Suns do it. do it, And they had the best record in the, in the – uh, they went and had the best record in the regular season. Now, you know, we know what happened in – in the playoffs, but they had the best record in the regular season. So, I mean, they very well could sit here and say, all right, let's run it back. So, hey. All right, anything else before we put a pin in it on this NBA season? Not really. We mentioned Boston, of course, what they need to do. I'm not going to ask you what Golden State needs to do because they just won the damn title. So, I'm not going to say how they should move forward. I guess one thing I do want to ask, though, I know we've had this conversation before, I believe I was mostly right in our disagreement throughout the series. Clay Thompson. And I, hadn't, I didn't have much faith in him in the series. You did. And he was terrible tonight. He went 5 for 20. Now, we talked before about now he's going to have a full offseason, and now he's going to potentially get a full time of preparation to get ready for the following season. 
I guess what I'm asking is, do you think Clay Thompson's still capable of being the second or third best player on a title team? Yes. Because in this series, I thought that he was arguably the fourth or fifth best player on Golden State. No, yes, he can easily be the second. He is the second best player on Golden State. It's not, no, he's the second best player, and he'll play like that level, like you think, on that level next season. You think that assuming he has a full off season where he can even look, let's just say 70% of his old self, which I think might be a little bit high. He will be fine. He will be fine. The injury is, takes, it takes a while, and then it's not like the man, like he's still, Rehab is not done. Yeah. He's still doing stuff with the Achilles. He's still doing stuff with the knee, making sure everything is good. He's not 100%, and he didn't have any real basketball before coming back in the middle of the season at all. The man will be fine. He will be fine. We've seen Kevin Durant come back from the Achilles injury, look pretty similar to Kevin Durant, in that first year, he was back. And then the next season, he absolutely was 100% who he was. And so, give the man time. He'll be fine. I think like, that's the only takeaway no for issue. Golden State, though. Because we can't really talk about adjustments because they just won the title. And they're not going to go for a center because Wiseman's supposed to come back. So, I don't know what Golden State needs to do. So, the only talking point I really had was how concerned should you be about Clay's future? Because since he came back this year... I'll put it this way. At all. I thought Golden State won the title in spite of Clay in the NBA Finals. You should, you should not be concerned at all. Just throwing it out there. But that's going to be the main yeah. topic of conversation and the main focal point for me entering next season to see how Clay does. Because yeah. from what I saw in the NBA Finals, I don't think he can be the second or the third best player on a title team. From what I he saw look, this year, he didn't look—he didn't look good at all. Like he didn't look good consistently. Let me say that he had a couple that's, of splash games. Yeah, that's why I said he didn't look good consistent. He didn't look good consistently over the course of the entire time he's been back. And why? It's because he missed two years of basketball. He'll be fine. I, that I just—I don't even—I can't—I don't—I can't give it any energy other than just saying he'll be fine. He'll I'm not giving it full energy. Fine. I'm just throwing it out there because that is really realistically. I think the main concern on Golden State's agenda right now is getting Clay no, at least as close to his old self as possible. See, that, and I definitely don't agree with that. I don't think that's a concern at Golden State at all. I don't think that's not even, not even an afterthought. Maybe not a concern at goal. No, no, I'm, but I'm saying I don't think that it's not even an afterthought in their mind what Clay's status is. They know, for, they know the injury. They know the medical staff. They know the timetable of actually fully coming back from the injury. The man will be fine by the time next season starts. And everybody everybody knows it. And he'll be back looking like old Clay. And do you have any other adjustments or anything Golden State should do? I'm assuming Iguodala is going to retire. He didn't have much of a role in the, in the finals anyway. I'm sure he'll join the coaching staff. So I'm assuming he'll be on the bench anyway. But do you have any other moves you think Golden State needs to go for? Or do you just think this is a very, I'd say, quality method or a quality model for a team that could go back to back, I think they're fine. I think they're straight. I went now. Of course, you always want to get better, and if you have the opportunity to get better, you take it. But what you have, how Steve Kerr has a a growing team. I don't know what they need. And to be honest, as he has a growing, they probably would need a little. I would a backup. Mm, a backup shooter off the bench, I guess. 
I, w- I would say no. You can't even say a backup center because you got Looney and Looney. I was gonna say somebody backup. better than Otto Porter. Like, but, I, I, mean, I don't know. If you talking about size, then you probably will want some larger size behind Wiseman other than Looney. Looney is six 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 seven, and Wiseman six ten. So if you would, if you're talking about you want some more size off that bench, then maybe you want to get some actual size on the bench. But other than that. They're fine because they have a living, breathing team, and they take players and they get the best out of them, like a JTA, like a Jonathan Kaminga, like a Moses Moody. Keep cool. developing those guys because Golden State is one of the best in the league in developing the players they have. And so I think they're perfectly fine. I think they're good too. But once again, I mentioned the Clay thing, not to try to you know, put a little sting on the title because, of course, it's the most important part. But – I will be monitoring Clay moving forward because I'm not sure if this is just a one-off based on the lack of full game action in the last two years or if people just keep hoping for the glory days and this might be who he is. No, I see. And me, I'm just saying, I'm leaving it open. I'm not saying I get it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But I'm just not even giving it a thought because the man didn't play two years of basketball. So I'd rather I'm giving it. You're a little bit more pessimistic about it. I'm getting more optimistic about it. The man didn't play two years. All right. I'm gonna give him a whole full offseason. Let me see. But all right. I have nothing else. He's at Rochelle Radio. I'm at really real underscore underscore. Make sure you get SGPN app at sg.pn slash app. Hop into the Slack channel, sg.pn slash Slack. Subscribe if you're not already to the NBA Gambling Podcast. We're still going to be pumping out podcasts over the offseason, so look at, looking forward to that and the different things that we'll be doing with that. But if you're looking for your hoops fix, because hoops is over in the NBA, but the WBA is still going. So make sure you go subscribe right now. Actually, go do it. Type into your search engine right now. I'm going to give you a second. Like, you know, all right, unlock the phone. Uh, type your passcode, one, two, three, four, five, six. All right. And then hit, you know, podcast and search and WNBA space. G-A-M-B-L-I-N-G. You should just be able to do that, and it'll pop up. We'll go ahead and hit search, and then, all right, there it goes. Click. Okay. Subscribe. And you got instant winners right there. See, look. Look at that. Winners, and we can continue to bet hoops over the course of the summer until the NBA is back in full swing in the fall. It's been great. We've had a great season. I finished top 10 in tally site picks over the course of the regular season. Moonoff, I think, is number one overall in the playoffs on tally site. uh, There had to have been some type of crazy shift in the past week that Moonoff doesn't finish number one overall in tally site picks for the playoffs. So shout out to Moonoff. Send Moonoff a lot of love for that. He went on a crazy run in the playoffs, even though he's really pissed that he didn't finish the run that strongly that just talks about how crazy his run was in the beginning of the playoffs all right other than that man it has been a ride we have grown this podcast so much over the course of this season i can't wait to see what we do again in the future and unfortunately over the course of this uh, season i still haven't figured out how i'm in this podcast it's crazy so i'm just gonna end it like this nba season 2021-2022 go to state in four in six games go to state in six games over the Boston Celtics congratulations go to state holy cannoli 
Holy freaking cannoli, man. We are out of here. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna.